from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. It's that time again. Time for another bonus episode, dear listeners. Now, for this week's AfterPod, we thought we'd put some of your workplace quandaries to our guests from last week, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, and leadership expert, Carrie Sulkowitz. So... We have Carrie here. We have some listener voicemails we're going to play for him and some additional questions about his work with leaders in corporate America. So let's get to it. Here's a voicemail from a caller named Jonah, who is a new manager, and he had a question for you. Hi, I'm uh, the editor of a small publication uh, that is business to business, um, and I've recently started to manage just a couple of reporters. I'm exploring a lot of resources for managers, but a lot of them seem to assume that the team is all centralized in one place. But I am managing a remote team that I only really get to talk to uh, by phone and on Slack. So I guess I'm wondering, what are some ways to really build um, a good bond or rapport with the team and be an effective manager when you're managing people on the other side of the country? Thanks so much. That's interesting. You know, this talks about sort of the disruption of management in this country because of technology. Jonah, I'm sure, isn't the only person dealing with this. So what advice would you give him, Carrie? This is such a common challenge these days of managing a remote team, and uh, most managers manage remote teams these days, it seems. Um, There's no substitute, first of all, for face-to-face contact. So even if the team is remote, Uh, If it's possible economically to try to get this team together from time to time in person, I think that makes a huge difference. That's one. The second is that given that uh, remote management puts some barrier between the manager and the people that he or she, he in this case, is managing, um, it puts even more of a premium on the manager 
to get to know his people and allow them to get to know him. And so, uh, so a greater degree of personal disclosure, of making himself more vulnerable to them, of uh, not just making the time that they speak on the phone or via Slack or whatever technological aid they use, making that time not just transactional and in his case talking about the stories that they're covering, but also getting to know them as human beings, understanding something about their families, their personal lives, and letting them get to know him. Establishing that personal bond deepens the trust and helps mitigate to some degree the challenge to managing remotely. Is there some single business challenge that you consistently see CEOs or boards facing in addition to sort of this type of dislocation? Well, in regard to remote management, it's not just the one-on-one relationship between the manager and whoever he's managing, uh, but it's also the ability to create a healthy team dynamic because the team is often dispersed. And so uh, I think teams find that, for instance, if you get together off-site uh, every now and then, it makes an enormous difference. And again, those off-sites shouldn't just be with a rigid agenda of topics to cover, but there needs to be a social component. And it's that social component. Something that, that certainly members of Congress need to do more often. They say if they get to know people personally, their willingness to work together and to compromise increases, you know, immensely. But I wanted to ask you, what about not just remote working, but do you hear sort of an issue that business leaders come to you about that seems to be a thread among a variety of workplaces today? Some of the themes that are coming up in my travels through the business world these days that are new, even though many aspects of management and leadership are really unchanged, probably since the dawn of time. Uh, One is remote management. That's new, relatively new. And another big trend that I've seen in business these days is that uh, traditional vertically organized organizations, meaning where the people who have the most power and the most authority are on top and and those with, with less are down on the bottom, are being flipped over. And so the Given the interest and the emphasis on technology these days and the startup culture that we're living in, it's usually the young, the millennials, the people in their 20s, 30s too, who know a lot more about what's going on in the business than the CEOs and the senior managers who may be in their 50s and 60s. And so I think that it behooves leaders these days to not be hierarchical and to listen and learn from the bottom up. I I met someone at the Aspen Ideas Festival who said we need to have reverse mentoring. In other words, young people teaching older employees because things are changing that quickly. Couldn't agree more. Along those lines, we have a voicemail from Joyce who wants to know how to navigate going from being a chief executive to answering to younger colleagues, which can hurt sometimes. Let's listen. Hi, this is Joyce, and I am calling about being a former leader of an organization. I was executive director of a small museum. I have led campaigns and I am looking to find out as I move into my later stages of my career and I'm hoping for a little bit less stress and less responsibility, how I go about working with people that are younger than me who will probably be in higher positions, but yet still will be looking for leadership within my position, yet will probably also need to be somewhat subservient, which is a hard thing to do after you have led organizations. So I'm looking for a way to navigate those two somewhat opposing situations within the workplace and and seeking your guidance. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. What would you say to her, to Joyce? 
It's a great question and one that I think will be increasingly common as uh, people don't want to retire when they're in their 50s or 60s and want to keep working in some way, even if they're not uh, running a, an organization anymore. And the, the secret to it, if there is one, is uh, does one feel comfortable being a little humble? And um, I was going to say you have to leave your ego at the door a bit, right? Yeah. I, I love that term, even though it's, of course, not really possible. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, if there's, there's nothing wrong with admitting that you, know, you used to be an executive director or a CEO uh, and you're not doing that anymore and that you want to learn. Uh, you have a lot of wisdom, presumably, and um, have a lot to offer these young people, but it's a, it's very mutual. They have a lot to teach you. And if you can approach it not about being subservient, I actually am a little troubled by that word. It's less about subservience and more about a kind of mutuality and sharing. Um, and the learning can go in both ways. Carrie Salkowitz. Carrie, thank you so much. That's it for our AfterPod with Carrie Sulkowitz. As usual, we want to hear what you thought. You can leave us a voicemail at 929-224-4637 or email us always at comments at currentpodcast.com. We hope you enjoyed that little bonus episode and we'll talk to you next week. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 2024.